0: the
1: What is up everybody welcome to another edition of curveballs and share shots reunited and it feels so good sitting at least six feet away from me is my lovely and quarantined co-host dominic Hobson in the backyard a little windy if you can hear that there might be some planes flying overhead throughout the podcast but dominic how are you doing today sorry i'm saying hi to all the fans we have back here i'm doing fine Brennan, how are you buddy doing okay Studio audience is not with us at the moment, but she will join us very shortly. The mascot is here. We have another mascot. We got the big dog sitting beside us. We got a full house. What do you want to call the
0: other mascot? What do you want to call her?
1: Mini mascot? Mm. Kayfabe, that is her name.
0: Sure, fine. We have the mascot, mini mascot, and big dog.
1: So we thought maybe today we're going to do another Zoom podcast, not because Dominic got the Rona, but because there's a plumbing situation. We I thought Dominic, when Dominic says plumbing situation, I automatically assume that he just he, completely fucked up his toilet. <laughs> so you automatically think I took a fat dump oh. and clogged it and broke my sewer line or something? No.
0: No. My, my mother's shower wouldn't turn off, so we had to call a plumber,
1: because I couldn't fix it, because I'm not a handyman. <laughs> it's okay, Dominic. So we might have to take a quick commercial break during the podcast, because there is an unknown man inside the house of the dogs, the mascot, sorry, yes. might go on a, on a tear and start making that But it's a ton of noise, which we will gut it through. So, let's jump right into the world of sports. Last week, we said that there was an economic proposal set in place to be presented to the Players Association this week. And we said, you know, we're going to talk about it. And it did not go over well. Let's just say that it came out that the owners proposed a 70% pay cut to the players. Originally, if it was supposed to be on the prorated salary, if they played half the season, they would take a 50% pay cut. But they uh, they said a 70% pay cut, and we're not going to get into the, speci- the specifics of it, but basically what it would ha- happen would be the more earning major league players would uh, take off a lot more than the lower Paid major league players, everybody would take a pay cut, but Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, you know, Mookie Betts, all those guys are going to take a lot more off their salary. I think it's something to where someone who makes 35 million would only be making like under 10 million the entire year. Jesus. But then someone who makes the league minimum is only making like 200,000 less than what he would be making. And Max, what's
0: the league minimum?
1: It's I I don't want to say it. Because I don't know it off the top of my head. Maybe well, because like, I, know that, I know the NBA, the vet men is a mill, right? Or it's like over five hundred thousand. I definitely know that, but I okay. can't remember if it's like five twenty-five, if it's like seven twenty-five, or something. Well, like okay, that.
0: okay. Let's just say it is seven fifty. Let's say it is. So you're saying they make two hundred thousand less of that?
1: Exactly. Hmm. So a couple of days ago, Max Scherzer put out a statement. He's one of the league. Uh, the head honchos of the player association he's a very smart guy he graduated with a business degree or something or another he basically just kind of said that you know not not in Blake Snell terms but in the same manner of fact that he kind of said that this was bullshit and once the owners come with a fair and honest offer then we can start to talk and so we kind of th- talked about it that it seems as though both the players and the owners are on two completely different sides of the track the last two weeks I was definitely more optimistic that baseball was going to come back, but now this week, everything has just kind of come crashing down to earth to where it's like, who knows if we're even going to play this season, let alone next season or the year after that, because we've been promoting, talking about that the collective bargaining agreement is up, and if they can't come to an agreement here, how are they going to come to an agreement next year?
0: So, let me just ask you this, Um, if you were sitting in that room... Would you propose that we say, fine, if we don't play a season, you don't get paid?
1: You can't exactly say that. I mean, they're going to. I mean, if they're not playing, I don't exactly know what that means in terms of payment and stuff. I would assume that they're not going to get paid uh, at all. But it's not like if you sit. Are you saying, like, if they sit out, then they're not getting paid? Or if just there's no season, I mean, yeah,
0: I would I would say if there is no season, if because it, well, first off, if they can't come to an agreement. They can't. They're not going to agree to play.
1: So my thing is, I if, have found out that the league minimum. I was close. The league minimum for Major League Baseball is five hundred sixty-three thousand five hundred.
0: Okay. So back to what I was saying though, um, you know, if they don't agree upon something, they're not they're not going to play. So why don't they just say fine? Because. We can't come to an agreement. But this Let's just is what the, the whole season. This and... is what
1: the owners want the players to do. Is they want to lowball the players and then just make them hold out and just give them these bullshit offers. As many of the mascot is going ham in the background. Hopefully you can't really hear it all that much. But this is what the owners want to do. Is they want to just lowball the players and just you know force them into submission and be like, you know, we know that you need the money. You can't be just holding out. And you you'd want to get paid. You want to get something. So eventually you're gonna give in. And this is what's happening in baseball for, like, the past 150 years as the dogs are going crazy in the background, as I promised. Gotta love this. This is the only kind of audio content you get here on Curveballs and Chair Shows.
0: I mean, at least, at least our audio is crisp and clear, and, you know, you can hear what we are saying. You know, we're not only breathing heavily or, you know,
1: chewing in your ear or something. But there is a bit of wind noise getting picked up. But if you would like to listen to Dominic chewing in your ear, check out curveballs and chair shots on the youtube channel dominic i just secured a custom url on the youtube because if you notice when i link the youtube in the podcast it would say cheesy 17 which was my original podcast which was my original youtube username but i changed it to where now it's youtube.com slash curveballs chair shots
0: brandon you're the
1: best you know that
0: because i'm never i would never say that with with the studio audience here but you're the best
1: shout out to my YouTube career I had before curveballs and Share shots, which allowed me to get the custom URL because I met the threshold of over a hundred subscribers. Ooh, look at you! I know, humble brag. Only two hundred eighty subscribers, and we only get like five views during a, a live stream. But hey, it's whatever. hey, we had thirty-two total views. I checked
0: so far in the last video
1: yesterday. Drunk Dominic plays Fortnite fi- four. We're gonna probably have Drunk Dominic plays Fortnite five eventually, but that was the most popular, most lucrative video yeah, let's be real. it's because
0: far. I promoted it. I went on the socials. Thank
1: you to our social media ambassador Dominic Hobson. Thank you.
0: Thank you fans. Quiet down on the set. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So Dominic, not going to get into specifics, but how optimistic are you that some that there will be an MLB season this year?
0: I don't think there After will. this week. I don't think there will be. I I if my my honest belief is I don't think there will be a season. My opinion is they should just say, fine, if we can't come to an agreement, we won't play a season, you won't get paid, and then you guys can bitch even more about, well, you owe me you know, $35 million from last season. It's like, well, there was no season last year, so how do I owe you money? That's not how it works. That's how I think it should work. Fucking greedy-ass players. But I agree with the players because, oh, God, I'm so confused.
1: Then moving on, we're going to get a little more localized here. We're going to talk about the A's, obviously, companies and people around the world have been taking pay cuts and getting furloughs and the A's announced a few days ago that they will not be paying their minor league players the weekly $400 stipend at the end of the month and we were thinking that oh this was going to be a trend that a lot of the especially the lower level teams are going to be doing but we've seen thus far today A lot of teams have announced that they're going to continue paying their minor league players going on through August or September. I know the Royals have come out and done it. The Twins are going to do it. The Reds are going to do it. So I was thinking that, okay, the A's, a shit organization, as much as I love them, shit ownership, we'll say, they did this. And, okay, other teams might follow suit because it's a cutthroat business and that's what they're going to do. But it seems as though the A's are kind of out on an island on this and it kind of makes the Fisher group looks like a bunch of assholes. Deservedly so.
0: Well, I mean... I I think I I'm, I was kind of in the same boat with you.
1: It's like okay, well, every every industry is cutting. And they, you know, he has the balls to go give us a send an email out to all the fans, like saying, oh, you know, this is tough times, and you know, we're with the families and everything, and thoughts and prayers and all that bullshit. But it's yeah, like, you can't.
0: Let's be honest here. I mean, four hundred bucks for is it just the players and staff or is it like the it's whole? Just the month? minor league players. Is, that's how, how big of a
1: roster is I it? don't know exactly if this is official, but what I've heard is if he paid four hundred dollars a week for every minor league player, it would only account to like around a million dollars, which in theory is not that much. That's just the contract of like one low-level major league player. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of a lot for these because they barely pay anybody.
0: But I'm but I'm just saying though, it's like I was kind of the same about these. Like, okay, I I understand waiting for all these other people to come out and say, yeah, we're not going to pay him, we can't do it. And then, like you said, it's like, hmm, they're so far the only team that's doing it. It kind of... I'm not going to say it's kind of hard to make me an A's fan, because, I mean, shit, I'm an A's access member, but... Um, Still waiting on those refunds, by the way. Yes. But, then again, it's also... It, it does make them look really bad. And, you know, to... If you're hoping to land a big free agent or, you know, you're hoping to re-sign somebody that, you know, you really need, you're. I wouldn't be surprised if they said, well, shit, you guys didn't want to pay minor leaguers and you
1: expect me to sign for this? Fuck that. Yeah, especially like the minor leaguers right now, like Jorge Mateo. He's maybe not the best prospect in the world, but he's kind of the marquee prospect for the A's right now. And it's like he's if he breaks out and, let's say, Simeon walks away and he steps in to be the new shortstop and in five years his contract runs out and then they're going back and forth like, look, you know, we just opened up a new ballpark, we're trying to, you know, cut some costs, we're a small market team, you know, save some money so we can make some other moves and get some better players. He's going to be like, fuck you, you can even give me $400 a week and you're going to want me to take, like, a $3 million pay cut? Yeah. No, I ain't doing that shit. It's
0: going to hurt them in the long run because – I mean, like, like you did say, baseball is a cutthroat business. One second you can be riding high on a team, and then the next day they say, oh, well, you got to pack up and move across the state and go play for uh, the A's. It's like, and if that happens, you're going to go the team that, like you said, the team that can't afford 400 bucks for a minor leaguer. It's like, it, it, it makes them look really bad. It makes, I think, in my opinion, the ability to sign players in the future really hard as well, which is going to cost them titles.
1: The A's might be one of the only teams to not be paying their minor leaguers, but there are many players, many minor leaguers, getting released today. Around a 1,000 players have been released now. This probably was going to happen eventually uh, after the spring training session, but just the transactions have been frozen, so they the teams weren't making these cuts. But it's just kind of another thing of like, oh, the minor leaguers— This whole season, we kind of knew with this whole coronavirus situation, the minor leaguers were really going to be the ones that shafted because they don't even have a union. They can't speak up for themselves. They're just kind of at the mercy of the teams. And with those, the transactions are still frozen. So it's not like these minor leaguers who get cut can go sign with another team somewhere and get that $500 a week stipend. So it's like they're out on their ass and they have to, I mean, a lot of minor leaguers during the season or during the off-season have to work a second job just to pay rent and do all that other shit. And Stupid question here. Can they apply for unemployment? I don't exactly know that, but that was a cru- question that I that was raised. Is like, can they apply for unemployment? And then if they don't, then that's just like another thing is they have to go and try because to find a real job. Because they and are then,
0: working for whatever the minor leaguer team and then they get released. It's still technically a form of a layoff, right? So couldn't they
1: couldn't they I don't uh, know, Dominic. I'm not an economic major. I'm just asking just asking the questions that need to be asked. I think the last economic class I took was with you in Beal's class. Shadow Beal. Oof.
0: My man, favorite teacher.
1: You're the uh, TA, the teacher's assistant for that class were you not. Yes, I was the IWE actually. Sorry. I'm trying to make it, you know, in layman's terms that everyone else can understand what you were I doing. Don't people think I was a tits and ass kind of guy. That's TNA whatever.
0: But I was just, yeah, just wondering, because, but, yeah, it makes it really hard for the A's, I think, uh, you know, I would be surprised if something very negative does not happen to the A's organization because of this.
1: As a strong bay breeze comes in, even though the last few days it's been hotter than the devil's ballsack, sack, and that wants to be a nice, cool, breezy, early summer day. It's fine with me. All the audience must love all this wind audio we're getting right now. But we're going to talk about some teams and some leagues that we don't normally talk about here on the podcast. We got the NHL. While the MLB is just royally fucking up everything, just not getting the wheels put in place to start the season. A lot of the leagues that were already underway while the coronavirus situation happened are starting to put in place plans to come back and the NHL is one of those teams. Gary Bettman, the commissioner of NHL, came out and announced a twenty four team playoff where the top four teams in each conference will do a round robin and then the remaining eight teams will play a series, you know, high high seed playing the low seed, and they're such unfortunately, San Jose Sharks were trash this year. They did not make the twenty fourteen playoff. But Dominic, your thoughts on the NHL. They don't have an exact timetable in place. They're aiming for June. Uh, they're not exactly committing to what the stadium situation will be. Maybe you know one East Coast, one West Coast place. So maybe Vegas, New York. That could be a possibility. But Dominic, your thoughts on the NHL being one of the one of the first American leagues to really start to put in place a return to sports?
0: Well, I mean, can you really consider it a return into sports when they ha- they can't even nail down where they're going to be playing these games at?
1: But I it's mean, better more- than better than definitely better than the MLB, better than the NBA, who we're going to talk about has. Rumors put in place, but the NHL has officially come out and said what they're going to do when and if they come back. I mean, I, I, I guess I mean, I'm happy for it. I mean, it's, you know, not
0: my, you know, one of my favorite sports to watch. I mean, I'll definitely go to a Barracudas game, but, you know, um, no, it, I don't know if I'm excited or if I'm kind of, uh, what's another, another way to say nervous? Antsy? I don't. Know. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm just curious to see how it's all gonna play out. I mean, uh, no fans in attendance. You're gonna have. I mean, are you allowed to have your bench that close? I mean, are they gonna let them be bundled up like they are? are You're gonna have them spread out across the. Like, I'm. I'm curious how it's all gonna play out. I think I'm not you would have to excited, still have but... them
1: in the box because NHL. Hockey is one of those things where it's like the quick line chains and in and out and in and out and it's like you can't have, you can't have them in the fucking like third row and have them hobble down with their skates on <laughs> and jump but on the that ice. That would be amazing, though. Come on. It would be hilarious, but I don't think that's what's <laughs> gonna <laughs> happen. Fucking
0: just eat shit.
1: Uh, but um, I'm, Walk, I, walking on skates on carpet not very easy. Did we do that when we were ice skating? Did we get the walking carpet? Yeah. We did. You, we the, should go ice skating. H- okay, how are you supposed to put your skates on? On the ice. Yeah, you gotta put them on the ice. Good times. You just you just click your heels together and pop up. Remember, Big Daddy ate shit on some girl's Snapchat. Good times. Did
0: she fall on it? Or did he fell on her? Yeah, hers? he
1: was skate. No, he was skating behind her when they were I don't know recording her, and he just like ate shit and just slid across into frame <laughs> and out of frame. It was hilarious. <laughs> I wish I had a video of it. Oh, uh, girl, if you're watching
0: this, if you have that video, would be amazing.
1: Yes. So, moving on to the NBA. We hinted at this a little bit, but I think there definitely is more uh, steam behind this rumor right now that the NBA is going to play their uh, NBA playoffs. They're just going to jump right in the playoffs, similar to the NHL, but a more traditional format. At the Walt Disney World complex, the ESPN complex, which I've been there before, great facility. Haven't been to the arena basketball place, but apparently they have like 12 full courts. They have, you know, these big kind of arena setups where they can allow to have the TV set up and, you know, personnel and everything where it's kind of like a a lower level college. So, Dominic, your thoughts on the NBA, not officially, but seemingly having a plan set in place to make a comeback. I mean, I, I think it's the same.
0: I feel the same way about this as I do. The NHL, it's it's. I'm more just antsy to see, nervous or excited or however how it's gonna play out. I mean, because once again, if you're gonna to try to follow guidelines, you need to be six feet apart. So how do you? I mean,
1: but it's Florida. Is there really rules in Florida at this point? Yeah, probably. I mean, look yeah. at AEW. AEW. It feels as though there's a lot of a lot more people in attendance than there have been, and. I know we don't really see the people in the actual crowd, but they're not exactly spaced out like they used to be. But, I mean, but also, I mean,
0: so if, if us three right now were to go out to do something, we could stay in a group because we're...
1: If you keep it to your own group. but Together. Technically, you're not supposed to, like, co-mingle with people outside of your household. But then it's like how so are we're they... Supposed breaking to... the law right now. So, like, but how are they supposed to check that? I don't know. I'm... I don't know what's going on. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious to see how it's going to play out. I mean, I still know it's going to be no fans. I know it's going to be a very small crew. So I'm but just then kinda... it's like,
1: how, how much do you put on to try to finish this season? And how much do you delay it, which then affects next season? Which hopefully you can just go, obviously, you know, the whole fan situation, that's up in the air. But hopefully you want to start up and play like it's a regular season. You don't want to have any more delays because of this season.
0: I mean, if they were smart, you would get this thing going as soon as possible. And even if it is a, you know, you have just the players and the refs, and that's it. You, let, let, let's be honest here. You don't really need the coaching staff there. You really don't need the coaching staff.
1: I mean, you can at least a coach and an assistant to be calling out plays and, like, telling them what to do, what they're not doing. Come on, I, Dominic, I you're mean, the, ba- these, you're the You're the basketball uh, okay, player. Okay, but these are
0: also grown-ass adults who get paid millions of dollars. They don't know, like, they don't know when to shoot or pass or go guard something like come on like these are professional players they know they should be able to read the court when when LeBron's dribbling up court he should be able to read the defense and say all right I need to pass it to this guy and then he needs to be able to communicate to whoever like hey pass it here you need a hey, we got to get the ball moving like these are every team that's going to be in the playoffs has a, a leader that is capable of doing that I don't think they need coaches I mean I guess he may be medical staff I can see that maybe the trainer, just because if someone pulls a hammy so, or something. So your
1: your proposal for the NBA season is just throw 12 guys out there on a team and just let them go hog wild and no coaches.
0: With a, with a trainer. Fine, head coach and a trainer, that's it. No assistant, no assistant to the assistant, no ball boys. Just, just get out there and go. Just play some good old street ball. No, because I don't want someone breaking a nose and trying to – I don't want James Harden breaking a fingernail and crying
1: about it. So, 4th of July weekend, Dominic. What American sports will be pl- being played? Zero. Okay. The only thing that we'll be playing are reruns. And Cornhole.
0: Don't, don't, big don't corn- start up. I'm, I've been don't a big Cornhole
1: viewer now that they've been playing a lot of games on the ESPN. So, shout out Cornhole. Shout out the ACL.
0: Right.
1: Just, just, I'm not going to go there right now. I'm gonna go there not gonna, gonna there go might there there. be a uh, Curveballs and Chair shots Cornhole Showdown tomorrow at the Trapdoor to Hell Complex. Or...
0: We have curveballs and cherishes versus trapdoor to hell. Winner takes no, that, all. No,
1: that's we're gonna get fucking murdered. I already know. Bro, do you not have faith in me? Not really, because I've never seen you play cornhole. And if I mean, even if you were good at cornhole, you're rusty. You couldn't even think of the last time you played. How hard is it really? Just throwing a bing bag in a hole. Maybe if we like intermingle, we put like you know the older brother with the older brothers with the younger brothers. I don't know what do we do. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. First, uh, you know. Maybe, maybe we'll have like a live stream, you know. S- stay tuned to the socials and we'll, we'll let you know on the Curveballs yeah. and chair Shots. Uh, we have the studio audience I can tape it all. Live from the Gunderson pool. Yeah. <laughs> With a margarita in her hand. Or a vodka slush, but apparently I'm supposed to drink all those. You are. Maybe we'll drink them for Any Fortnite. more sports, Brandon? Uh, yes, we do have sports. Shout out to our number one live stream viewer, Brian Sandoval. Hey. Which I don't even know if he listens to this podcast anymore. But we got to talk about some soccer because we know he likes the soccer and he's the one that told us to talk about soccer all those months ago. And we're going to talk about La Liga, which Dominic just found out today.
0: I thought it was Ligma, and I thought he's going to get moved to Ligma. He, he balls thought joke. it was
1: an entire joke, but no, <laughs> it is a, the premier Spanish football league, and they are set to resume play June 11th. So good for them. The Japanese baseball league is set to return sometime in June as well. So a lot of the foreign leagues are starting up again. Bundesliga. Do you know what Bundesliga is, Dominic? What? Bundesliga.
0: Is that like another soccer league? Good job. In Germany. Oh, knew it. Attaboy. But uh, Cause so- you said because you said the Liga thing again.
1: Yeah, I said the ligma thing again. Ligma. I oh, was yeah.
0: gonna say ligma, but you know. Anyways, so
1: let's stop talking about the Rona and everything that's affecting sports. Let's actually talk about some real sports moves. We got Jadavian Clowney, probably still the biggest free agent out there. I would probably say Cam Newton is also the biggest free agent out there, but at this point, it ain't looking good for old Cam. We'll talk about Jadavian Clowney, uh, Clowney. Apparently, the. Did the Studio just win a game of uh, Call of Duty? Yes, she's happy. Good job. Solos. The team death match, I think. Good job. But Jadavian Clowney apparently had a very lucrative offer sent his way via Cleveland. This is just reports. We don't exactly know if this is legit or not. But he apparently declined the offer. So Jadavian Clowney, not a big fan of the Cleveland Browns, could have been a good one two punch. Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, could have been a very lethal. Yeah,
0: but I, I think he, he's doing what most people are looking at. They're going, playoff contender? No. Everybody wants to be with a playoff contender when they're Could they be signing. a playoff contender? They yes. could be, yes. Will they? No. no. Exactly. They could be, but they're not. So, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with Seattle. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with... Um, I'm trying to think of some other good teams that, that might be in the market of him. Let's see.
1: I can see Seattle... I could see – well, I think – It's one of those things where he's going to want a lot of money. Yeah. So which team has the money but yet is also in that position to where let me, let they me, need Jadavian Clowney? Let me
0: ask you this. The Niners last year, they lost the Super Bowl because of why? Not because of Jim and G, because of the defense. I Not to say Richard Sherman is not good, <laughs> but if they had another back, I think – I. Uh, you could put some blame on the offense. You could. They didn't bit. execute it. It was a team it wasn't It wasn't you know, solely it wasn't one person's fault, but the defense did just lie. kinda
1: everybody didn't exactly live up to what they could have done.
0: Yeah. I think their defense could use some help. I think it would be a good fit. Him and Sherman would be a great fit. Um Um I would love him on the Raiders, but I doubt that's gonna happen. Um You know, I wouldn't it be surprised if he I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with like a like a a non-contending team but one team that's really super on the rise like an Arizona or uh Arizona making some good moves this year.
1: Or, I could uh, see them maybe making a wild card. Don't think they're going to win the division cuz I think that's I could still... see them going to the like uh I mean they did the give Rams maybe, they gave know. the 49ers hell the p- two times they played them. So you never know they could fuck around beat the 49ers twice and win the division.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see them going with one of those teams uh but let's be honest here, probably go to the Patriots or something like that. You never know.
1: But let's talk about some NFL rules. We speculated the new onside kick replacement. That was not even voted on, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But we have some new rules that have been put in place by the NFL. Dominic, are you ready? Uh, I'll try. So we have... I'm going to try to figure this out. We have the replay rule. So this one's kind of difficult to really understand, but it is an expansion of the automatic replay review to include scoring plays and turnovers that have been negated by foul and any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. So I would assume this means if there was a foul on the play, but the result of the play was a touchdown, but since it was negated, does that mean you rep- you can review the actual foul to see if that was a foul or not? That's what it seems though. Because what's the point of reviewing the touchdown if okay. it's negated by the foul? No, I can
0: see that. I can see that, you know, if you say it's a touchdown but pass interference, like that is what you're saying?
1: Yes, but then what happens if it's a running play but there's a holding call on it? Can you do that? Is Because obviously I think an offensive pass interference is something that could and should be reviewed because obviously the Kyle Rudolph situation that happened yeah, in the playoffs, exactly. that's something that kind of sticks out. But my thing is if by the lay of the land, if it's – a turnover or touchdown scoring play that has been negated by a penalty shouldn't it be like just any penalty not just specific ones well I, but then but then
0: let, let's be honest here, everybody's going to get so picky you know they're going to it's going to be holding i want to review that unless unless
1: they but limit it's an auto, it. it's an automatic review so any i think what they're saying is no matter if it's negated or not if it's a if it's ruled a touchdown on the field or a turnover then they're going to replay it. Doesn't mean they have to, but they could. But then it's like if it is but, a touchdown. But, so
0: are you saying that you would want that for every penalty every penalty? Is that what you're saying? Well, no,
1: it's not every penalty, it's every penalty that restrict or that neg- that is, that gates a, a, t- a scoring or, a or turnover. Yeah.
0: So you're saying if I throw interception but there's but it's an interception on the defense
1: but there's a defensive penalty?
0: that you should review that because if it wasn't holding.
1: But then that just opens up a big old can of worms because it's like if you called it on the field, there must have been something there. That you saw. But then what what really, what's the leniency? Do you say, is there like, okay, it was like a seven penalty, which makes it bad enough to make it a penalty, but what happens if it's like kind of ticky-tacky and kind of like not really a penalty, but it kind of is? That just is like we're gonna get a lot more people. I
0: would say the biggest thing for me would be a scoring play only for me, and that's and like you said, it comes back to like a pass interference. You know, he pushed off and grabbed it, but they want to call it, but they review it and they say, oh shit, it was it was a clean. You know, I would I would be I'd be down for a scoring play. The turnovers I feel like are kind of like you said, it can be it it can get real bad. So I'm not too sure how, how I feel like too sure how I feel about that right now.
1: So, then that one, this first one, I think was probably the biggest one. But we got the other rule where it expands on the defensive play, per, player protection to a kickoff or punt returner who is in possession of the ball but who has no time to avoid or uh, warned off an impending contact of an opponent. Now, it doesn't exactly say what that means, but I guess it's just giving more protection to the players, so maybe like an extra second or two to allow them to kind of catch it, get their bearings, and then make the play.
0: Okay, but you need to explain it to me. What do you mean? Because I thought they already did the... I think
1: what they're saying is like... So, it expands the defensive player protection to a kickoff or punt. So, you can't just kick the ball, the guy catches it, and as soon as he touches, you can't just fucking blast him. I think that's basically what they're saying. You have to give him a little bit of time to, you know, make a move.
0: But but that's the whole point, though. If if you're getting to the point where you haven't caught the ball yet... And you already know shit. Someone's r- closing in on me. You fr- you're supposed to f- signal like it's fair catch. I'm not moving, or you or you don't touch it. So how is but I, I, it doesn't I
1: kinda, it doesn't say it in the rule, but I don't I don't think this is what it means. But I would I would maybe kind of asp- expand on that and be like, you can't. You have to be like two yards away from him by the time he catches it. But then that's kind of like you have to think. It's kind of very quick because the ball is always moving. There's wind. Yeah. And who exactly knows where the ball is going to land? And then
0: who's to say that you're not the fastest player on the field and you get down to him and you're waiting two yards and you have he
1: hasn't even caught the ball yet? Never know. But maybe it's – I think it's just trying to limit those, you know, highlight real quote-unquote hits. Like if he catches it and you're right there, just hug him and pull him down. And maybe you okay, blow the you, whistle oh, there.
0: Okay. I, I, guess I can understand that then because – it, it's, we don't need you to rip them in half. We just, just hug him.
1: Just give him a little hug, give him a little smooch on the side of the helmet, yeah. on the logo, and say, okay, I got you. Don't lower your shoulder and, you know, Antonio Brown. Then the third rule by the competition committee. It prevents teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. So now we saw this uh, by Bill Belichick. This is the rule where you're kind of, you know, on the other side of the 50, it's like with six minutes or more remaining that you can continually – uh, do like a false start while the clock is running, and after the ball restarts, after the play restarts, the clock keeps running, so you can keep bleeding 40 seconds off the clock and just keep going and going and going and going until it hits that whatever clock minimum. So this is basically, you know, negating a Bill Belichick loophole, which is very smart because those are super boring to, to watch. Well, it, I kind of feel like it's like an advantage,
0: though, too. I mean... If but if you're in that position and you want to you want to make sure they don't have a chance to win, there you go,
1: right? But it's not really a thing of chance to win. It's just kind of bleeding two minutes off in the middle of a in the middle of a quarter.
0: Well, it's in the middle of the fourth quarter, and you're trying to, you know, and you're only up by a touchdown. See, but here's the thing: if it's the fourth quarter and you're up by a touchdown, I why and I'm on the other side of the fifty. Why would I want to, you know, hurt myself? I would go for it, you know. What are we talking
1: about? Okay, I I I'm just gonna assume I, that you know what I'm talking about. I know what Dom. you're talking
0: about. I know what you're talking about. When he so let's say kept the, okay. doing that, he got he pushed got pushed back further. So it was like a whatever. But it's only and, like a
1: five yard penalty. Yeah. So a, a punt from your own forty five to your own forty, your kicker's still gonna put it inside the. 10 or 15. So it's not going to really make that much of a difference. It's still a short punt. It's just taking off a minute and a half, two minutes off the
0: clock. Oh, shit. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Hang on. I'm stupid. Sorry. I'm really stupid. Sorry. I thought. We're on the other side of the fifty, and I'm on a drive trying to score a touchdown. This is
1: like during the this is like during fourth down.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I, that's why I was kind of like like if I'm on the other side of the fifty, I'm fucking going for it. What the fuck? Like for, you're telling me it's first and ten? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna fall started a hundred times just to. I sorry, I was thinking wrong. Sorry.
1: It's okay, Dominic. It's okay. Apologize. Then finally, we got the increase of the number of players that can be designated for return from two to three, which incorporates uh, interpretations applicable to bye weeks during the regular season and postseason. So basically this means if, like, someone gets injured the first few weeks, you can put them on the IR, and they can—you get one more player that could be set to come back, so they're, you know, gone for ten weeks or something, but then they can still come back. So, I mean, it's— an advantage, I guess, especially for those star players that get hurt early on in the year, they can come back. and It's, it's you know, maybe not a big deal, but it's just a little extra advantage for the teams.
0: Yeah, that's fine with me, because there are some teams that don't have a, you know, huge, you know...
1: But if you got three stars going down for, you know, three, four months, it's probably going to really hurt your playoff chances anyways.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it kind of just goes to the point of if, you know, your star running back goes down, you know, and let's be honest here, running backs usually go down with, it's, you know, a hamstring, a quad, something like that. Those are easily, you know, I'm not going to say easily come back, easy comebacks, but um, it, it would be nice to be able to put your star running back on the IR and have him
1: come back in time for a playoff push or something like that. All right, that'll do it for the sports topics on the script. But in between the sports and wrestling, we get a question from our lovely from and esteemed graphic designer,
0: and he, you know, he in fir- brightest day X, aka Mr. X. The the first thing is that he loves the jingle, it's the greatest thing in the world. But I can't remember the damn jingle. Do you remember how it goes? It's like
1: Mr. X's question of it's the like week. Like Mr. X's question of the week. I don't know, I can't remember. I'll
0: listen back to the last podcast, remember? I'm sorry, Mr. X, don't hate us. Um, just just give a good honest
1: try of what you think the jingle was, Dominic. Mr. X's question of the week done. I don't know. That's pretty much what it was. Sure, I mean, it's pretty much just like Dominic's pick that. of the week or Dominic's picks. No, just Dominic's picks. You know, i got to hit the little. There's like, there's, you know, 20 some remixes to it because it's always different every week. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be original, bro.
0: Anyways, the sports question, Brandon. And I know you helped me pronounce the name, but I've already screwed it up. How do you say it again? Gaichi. Gaichi gay Okay. Is Justin gay the contender we've been waiting for to face Khabib and just never realized until he beat... Or Khabib. What did I say? Khabib. Sorry. He, he's not an R&B singer. Sorry. I don't have my glasses on. I can't see. Uh, What was I? And, oh. And just never realized until he beat Ferguson.
1: I really enjoyed the fight between uh, Ferguson and gay I... Really do think that Gaethje has been on the rise, and I think he could be. I don't know if he could be the person to defeat Khabib, because Habib is just a a monster. Could Gaethje possibly fight uh, Connor in between? Because Habib has kind of been one of those guys who's been kind of vocal and not wanting to, uh, you know, fight during the coronavirus pandemic. But I mean, he's one of those guys that kind of combines the Uh, You know, fighting aspect, but also he's enough of an entertainer to where he can draw some pay-per-view buys. Obviously, he's not Conor, you know, Nate Diaz or anything like that. But, uh, or even I was gonna try to drop a name, and I was was gonna ask you for your help. You got it. But you're not. You got it. Jorge Masvidal. Tito Ortiz. What? Tiddy Ortiz. (laughs) deal. Yeah, he's not one of those. You know, he's not obviously that top-tier pay-per-view draw. But I think he, you know, he's one of those guys that could, you know. Get some steam behind him. Habib's a big enough of a name to where when he comes back and they fight, if that is the title fight, or maybe they have him face Connor. But I really do think that he is the number one contender and can give Habib a run for his money.
0: And this is just something you know, there's two more questions, but I'll ask, ask this one right now because it kind of has to do with sports a little bit. Um, and it's not a really question, it's just it's a question I'm going to make it into a question. Have you seen the documentary A Man in His Shoes?
1: I have not. What is that? Not.
0: It is about the Air Jordan shoe craze, and I thought you would know because you're, you know, you're a shoe. Uh, what, wait, what, what are you guys called again?
1: A sneakerhead. Sneakerhead,
0: because you're, you and studios both are sneakerheads. I thought, you know, you guys might. Yeah, seen I it. tried to
1: get uh, two shoes this past week. Took L's on both of them. Gotta love it. it has it's been a while since I've okay. trying to get some sneakers. So That's okay. it was nice to uh, to to get an L.
0: Good job, mascot. Anyways, but yeah, so. Uh and you know, there's one more question but you know it's a little late. We'll have to come back to uh Mr. X's questions in a little bit. If the studio if the studio audience stops barking, no, that's the mascot. Mascot shut up.
1: Are we gonna have to take a quick commercial break as the mascot starts barking at the uh, the goat? You still got a goat back there? No. No more goat. What uh what happ- what happened to the goat? Did they uh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey. I mean never really had it, but you know, if you got it, eat it I guess, you know what I'm saying? If you if you had chickens, would you eat them? Yeah. Grandma and grandpa used to have a uh, a farm back in the day. and my my aunt's big old, you know, backyard they used to have used to be a, a farm. My mom Fell in love with the chicken, named it all the good shit, or was it a turkey? I don't know, some sort of animal. Fell in love with it, named it, and it was dinner one day. Vu didn't smarten her up, and she ate it, and she was sad, and triggered forever. Ooh, no, Vu is Grandpa. Look, you're learning Portuguese every day. And yeah, you might want to take a quick commercial break. I feel like it's going to be like this for a minute. Well, perfect time to quick take a quick commercial break, because we're going to get right into wrestling in a wee bit. Let's talk about some pro wrestling. We got one person losing their jobs while two people getting some more secure employment during this pandemic. Nigel McGuinness, he has been furloughed from the WWE, kind of been... Uh, absent from NXT in recent weeks, I kind of thought, oh, maybe it's because he's in England, so, you know, the eight-hour difference, they're not going to want to do with the internet connection, everything like that, so I didn't really think too much of it. Apparently, he's been doing stuff with NXT UK, has been a commentary there. And news came out that Nigel McGuinness has been furloughed, which definitely sucks. I've really liked what he's been doing on NXT as an announcer.
0: I mean, I think him and... Uh, I'm going to... F- it's not Mario, right? Mar-o. Mar-o. that's what it is. I knew it was Mar or something. Um, I think them, too, are the JR and King of their time, in my opinion.
1: I think when he's on, he's like Mario. When he's on, he's really good, but sometimes he kind of spits the WWE cliches and propaganda too much. But I think overall, when it comes to the sports-like feel, the main events, you know, got to push all the angles and everything. He's really good, and it just kind of sucks because Nigel is one of those, like, what-if stories of what happens if he never got injured? Could he have been a top-tier guy in WWE? Could he have been, you know, with CM Punk right along with him doing something, but then he got injured, he was never the same again, couldn't wrestle again, then he becomes an announcer, never really, you know, made it to the top tier announcing because that's kind of Corey Graves' job and then he gets furloughed and it, it just kind of sucks all the way around for Nigel.
0: But I, I also think though WWE will bring him up eventually. I don't think he's going to be stuck in NXT. I think... Um, Do you think
1: it's just one of those things that they got Beth, they got Morrow, they got Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon doing their thing that he's going to maybe be like Drake and Kurt Angle, who he's furloughed for now, but maybe in a few weeks or a few months, he'll come back. I definitely think he'll
0: come back. I think uh, especially because it my... I mean, there's... Because who are the commentators on SmackDown again? Do you remember? Michael they're... Cole and Corey Graves. And then Raw is Tom Vic. Phillips. Oh.
1: Byron Saxton. Samoa Joe.
0: Okay, you can get rid of Tom Phillips, in my opinion. And you bring in... McGinnis. But Tom
1: Phillips is the play-by-play guy. Nigel's a color guy.
0: Have Joe go become a wrestler? I know he's still on... He's injured, right? Again? I don't know. I I feel like... I feel like you can fit him in somewhere. And he doesn't necessarily need to uh, be there now, but I think when he comes back, unless you put him up on NXT again, but I think he does need to... Like I said, him and Morrow are... Our generation for King and and JR.
1: Nigel McGinnis, go to New Japan, be the color commentator there. That'd be amazing. Or go to AEW. They got enough
0: announcers. Take out JR?
1: I know they all kinda they're all old and stuff except for Excalibur, but I think they got enough announcers at this I'm point. I'm
0: gonna say take out J R. You put Nigel there. A lot better.
1: Once again, Dominic, he's the color, not the play by play. Jerk. Don't want to stand up for this shit anymore. You said it, not me. Then ROH, where Nigel McGinnis originally was from, has signed Flip Gordon to a multi-year deal. Flip, just like Mario Skrull, very close to the elite guys, thinking that once the contract was up, he would go to AEW. But that is not the case. Possibly maybe just because ROH gave him more money than AEW was giving him. Maybe he thought he can get a better opportunity in ROH. Who knows? But Flip is signed with ROH for the long term, Dominic your thoughts, and his possible upside of what he can do with ROH. I mean, just
0: because you're friends with somebody and they own their own company doesn't mean you will necessarily sign with them. Um, my opinion, my belief is he, I don't think it was a money thing. It was probably just, you know, going to go with a more for sure company. Not saying AW is going to collapse next year or two years from now. I'm just saying, you know, they still, especially with coronavirus, they it's going to be even harder for them to thrive. Um,
1: but they are running events. They ROH are. is not.
0: That is very true, too. Um, then again, it is Flip Gordon. He can practically go anywhere, get signed, my opinion. Um, but I mean, I, I think ROH is probably a good fit for him. I think right now in AEW, I don't really see him... I mean, I, there's, there's probably a boatload of matches he can have in AAW that would be like, damn, that's a good match. But I don't see him being a main guy at the moment, especially with only having the world title, the newly TNT title, and the tag title. There's no middle ground for him right now besides the TNT, but it's, you know, just newly presented.
1: We're going to talk about a WWE release landing on their feet in one company but uh another one is diana perrazzo she has signed with impact wrestling i think a really good fit i think if she's not going to AEW, which i think was probably the place we wanted her to go because we thought that she can be a good building block for the women's division but she's going to impact impact i think obviously has a better division than AEW at this point i think both of us kind of thought that she was underutilized in nxt Dominic, what are your thoughts of her uh what's what's her outlook in impact.
0: I mean, do I see her being the knockout's champion? Not necessarily, but I do think she is a going to be really cliche. She is definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, AEW not signing her to me kind of in my opinion, my views, it kind of shows how they value their women's division.
1: Um yeah, how does it look when they have Brian Cage and the Revival or the Revolt? get signed, but then you don't get... But you get... can't
0: sign her, or you can't sign somebody to kind of help your... Almost said it again. You can't uh, help your women's division that's struggling.
1: Who knows? I think uh, Diana Purrazzo is someone who could do some really good work. I think she definitely could have done more in NXT. just never really got the opportunity, but... Let's jump into that Raw Recap. You said that Mr. X has a question, so is it going to relate to one of these topics, and you're going to just jump right in, Dominic? It has to do with uh, another company. Oh, another company. All right. So we get Apollo Cruz winning the United States Championship, his first ever championship in WWE, beats Andrade in a really good match. We said it a few months ago that if Apollo Cruz is going to go a half hour with... Alistair Black better make it count. Push Apollo after this, and they definitely have gets the title win. Really good promo as we get the heads flying up. V heads up of geese going on. Ooh, we're good in the background. We are good. Gotta do a hunting,
0: hunting episode and go get some geese meat.
1: Surprisingly, we haven't had a single airplane fly over us and yet. And
0: you just fucking jinxed it. Well,
1: hopefully we did, because I promised it at the beginning, and we haven't gotten one yet. But we got the flying V of geeses. Of, what is it geeses or is it something else? It's, it's geese. Gooses. Geese. Goose and geese. It's the goose, baby. Anyways, Apollo Crews winning the United States Championship, Dominic.
0: I'm all for it. I have been high on Apollo for a long... Pretty much ever since he came up from NXT. The only question I have... And if I get shit for it, I will take shit for it. If I get kicked off of internet, whatever. Does this have to do with anything with Shad Gaspar passing away, and maybe con- trying to use his? Li- you they know, they were
1: I mean? kind of pushing Apollo to be in the United States title picture before the Shad Gaspard situation.
0: Okay, he was okay. I did I mean, not that you know, not that I did not know that, but I just felt like it was kind of more. They kind of. Probably strung this along a lot more, kind of you know have a lot bigger feud with Andrade and
1: Apollo. But um, your thoughts on what they've done with Andrade ever since he came back from that wellness policy violation? Hasn't he done anything? Yes, he's you know the top guy in Zelina's boys, but that whole threesome isn't really protected that much. Any are you worried about what they're doing with Andrade at this
0: point? No, I, I feel like you know he's a, he's gonna be a flare one day. So I'm pretty sure uh, he's secure, if you know what I mean.
1: All right, we got Nia Jax, who is not like most girls. She is the number one contender to Asuka's Raw Women's Championship. We kind of saw this coming, a triple threat match between Charlotte, Nia, and Natalya. The obvious finish happened. Nia pins Natalya. Natalya kind of hinting at a heel turn somewhere down the line, but... Tom, your kind of thoughts about this. Nia didn't hurt anybody in this match, but next week, apparently, she almost uh, decapitates Kyrie Zane. Good for her. Um,
0: I mean, it's it's Nia and Asuka, who we've seen it before, right? We have seen it in NXT. Exactly. I'm not too, uh, not to say I'm not too excited for it. I was kind of hoping that you would see Shayna and Asuka, but I can see see them saving that off for a little bit longer because you have two. What happened very to Shayna? Good... Shayna
1: makes fun of an embryo and then has been seen from since.
0: I don't know. Got Maybe. a straggler.
1: He's going the wrong way.
0: He doesn't know where he's going. South, buddy. That is south, actually. North is that way. South is that way. He's going south. They're going north for the winter? It's they, not wintertime. They went northwest. Eh, whatever. He has an iPhone, probably. Um,. Uh, but yeah, I can see why they're holding Shane off because you know you could have this whole thing with you know Oscar just getting the title. and You want to go through a couple people, and I can see them having a great match at you know like a Summer Slam or something like that. You know some big, you know submissions match. You know the Oscar lock and then you know the the whatever they call it. Shane is the the Coquina Clutch. No, it's a that's Samojo. Samojo. Uh, you're close. Uh, you got one word right. It's the Clutch, right? Correct. It's the choke a bitch clutch. I don't know.
1: We're looking for the Carafuta clutch. Yeah, I would not have gotten that. We get the VIP lounge featuring Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre goes a little Natalia rearranging some furniture to go back and forth. Obviously, you know, McIntyre kinda talking about Lashley's long, you know, dry spell of not getting a championship opportunity. And McIntyre says, Oh, you know, I've been in that same boat, mine's been even longer, blah 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 blah, going back and forth. MVP. One might say the MVP of the past few weeks here on Raw. He's been doing a lot of good work. thought he was going to be gone forever being a producer, but a uh, very successful, entertaining, on-screen talent for the past few months.
0: Do you think it has to do with...
1: Shad Gaspar? No. God. Oh, sorry. You, I mean, you brought it up earlier. I, I didn't know if you were going to go there
0: twice. No. Has it to do with... Hana... No, I'm joking. Um, does it have to do with coronavirus, you think? That they're like, we need someone who can... Take a bump and be entertaining, and
1: you definitely got to look in house and you know find people that are going to be there regardless, or someone who is easily attainable. I think he's that. I mean, I definitely think he would be. He's doing better work than what Lana would be doing if she was in the same role. If she was a serious valet manager, I think MVP can cut better promos than Lana. And MVP, you know, can actually, you know,
0: if MVP pisses somebody off. Someone can actually sock the crap out of him, whereas Lana, you'd have to, you know, take your aggressions out on Bobby Lashley, which, you know, probably wouldn't end well for you.
1: We get Angel Garza defeating Kevin Owens in a fine match. I kind of understand it if Kevin Owens beats Angel Garza at the beginning, it doesn't really make any sense for a feud to go going forward. But it kind of sucks that Kevin Owens gets that really big win against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and now he's just kind of in a ho-hum mid-card feud at best. With Anhel Garza really fighting over nothing.
0: But we've seen this so many times, though. You come, you come in hot after WrestleMania, and you just sizzle because there's nothing to go. Creative for it. has nothing for you. But then again, you know, it's not like most summers after WrestleMania when you know shit's still popping coronavirus. So maybe it's just another thing that's like, yeah we don't want to lose you, so please just bear with us. We'll, when shit gets back to a normal state of life, we got stuff for you, man. So,
1: Speaking of Seth Rollins, his boys Austin Theory and his buddy Murphy defeat Aleister Black and Humberto Carrillo. Seth Rollins threatens to blind Carrillo, and uh, he doesn't, but he threatened to because apparently that's what Seth Rollins does now. He like takes people's eyeballs. And it seems, though, we're going to get Aleister Black versus Seth Rollins next week, which I'm excited for. Hopefully it's a really good match. But with Black, it's kind of the thing of, like, he always is, like, on the verge of getting that push, but then he never does get that push. Hopefully, you know, this could be the second from the top feud behind the title match feud. Will Black win? Maybe. Probably not. But I'm kind of hoping that Black can finally get something going with this feud with Seth Rollins.
0: And I would really enjoy that. I mean, I'm I'm a huge... I, I- think Alistair Black could be so much in what's my dog doing? Oh. Um, Alistair Black could be so big and he he could sell so much merch which Vince with lo- Vince loves. Um but I think I think a lot of it has to do with uh his appearance. Granted, CM Punk looks looked almost identical, so
1: same body type, kind of. Alistair Black is taller than CM Punk, which you think would help.
0: You know, but the tattoos and the big demon eye on his back and, you know,
1: whatever. And he's Dutch. Bloody Dutch. We get Edge cutting a silent promo backstage, kind of talking about everything that's been going on in his head, how he's been off for so long, and Randy Orton's been wrestling all this time, and blah, 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 blah. They're still continuing the whole best wrestling match ever situation, which I think is just kind of funny. Good promo by Edge, but once again, it's kind of like, okay, why is this guy who wants to wrestle scared to wrestle? Because, Brandon, it's a work. Edge is actually
0: going to tell you this, man. He's clear to wrestle, man. Didn't know if he knew that. He's cleared to wrestle. But he's afraid that
1: Randy Orton will take one punt to his head. One swift kick, but it's supposed to be a wrestling match. You're not supposed to kick someone in the head during a wrestling match. So here, and here's the thing too.
0: They're saying it's a wrestling match. So is it like high school
1: wrestling match, or is it WWE wrestling match? Pretty sure it's going to be a pro wrestling, you know, good old fashioned wrestling, some southern graps. Just saying, type I, shit. I
0: thought it would, it would be really cool to see them actually get very technical. It'd be really cool, but you know,
1: maybe that's what the Kirk first. Promo three minutes is gonna happen and then Edge or then Randy Orton takes Edge to Dick, dick Kick City and then that's the finish. Leaves him bloody in the ring. Via Dick Kick. Yes. Bloody Dick. Beth Phoenix would not be happy. Yes. In the main event we get Bobby Lashley and MVP defeating the Street Profits. We continue on some uh, skits with the Street Profits and uh, the Viking Warrior experience blah 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 blah. Dominic, I like comedy that is funny. This was not comedy that was funny. Street Profits, your champions. Not getting the win, but I understand pushing Lashley and MVP. Then we get a big old brawl at the end with Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Sorry, I was texting our squad member. Is it? It's 7.30, which is normally the time we're supposed to squad up.
0: Yes. He said, are we getting on? I said, almost Um, Yeah, I think this whole feud, if you want to call it a feud, just needs to kind of end, and you need to give the Viking great respect their titles. I mean... Or, or actually send them over to SmackDown.
1: Who, who are the tag
0: champions of SmackDown? Is
1: the it tag it? team champions of SmackDown. The New Day. Right? That would be the New Day. Yes, it is. But that, you know, I would not assume that you knew that because we don't watch. Oh God, the Tootsie Slide is on the Fortnite dance. It's on the Fortnite store. Guess somebody's buying that. Someone's dropping the eight hundred V bucks for that. Is it eight hundred V bucks? It's either 800 500 200 It's definitely not 200 You keep...
0: You keep... You give Street Profits the dub. You take Viking Raiders, put them on SmackDown.
1: $500 v bucks Shut up and take, take my money. You
0: feud with New Day. You can feud with Usa's when one of the brothers come back. I think it's Jimmy that's hurt, right? Or is it Jay? I don't know.
1: Well, they're gone for a long time. It
0: doesn't matter. Gone for a long time. Um, but when they come back, you know, you feud with them. Miz and Morrison, you can feud with them. Um, you know. So, yeah. Maybe you, can, maybe you keep... You culminate it... Steep Profits win it. You send the Viking Manager to SmackDown. Let them dominate over there for a while.
1: All right, then let's move on to AEW. Double nothing was on Saturday. One day after the Rona exposure, we risked our lives and still no symptoms, so I think we're in the clear. Whoa. Dominic, would you like to give the, the people out there a Rona update? I'm infected. I'm down with the sickness. Shout out disturbed. But, anyways, any uh, quick thoughts? About double or nothing, maybe the Stadium Stampede match is the one that kind of stands out. How would you think of that? Um,
0: I thought it was a very great match. Very great, very good, very entertaining. Um, I don't think there's a lot of spots in it where I was... I, there was... If I can even remember the one moment, but I don't think there was a moment of me going like, that's stupid. I think this match was put together very well. I think uh, having Matt there maybe helped it because Matt did do all those things with Impact and WWE, so maybe he already knew how to plan it out and record it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought I thought it was very well
1: put together. So, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I really enjoyed it. I think every match, pretty much every match on the show, this I mean, the show in a whole, obviously, I think was too long. You could have cut five10 minutes off of the stadium stampede it could have cut a lot of mat, cut a lot of minutes off a lot of the matches but overall I think it was good uh definitely wasn't as good as the first double or nothing should have been there not gonna be salty about it but overall if this if this
0: was the double nothing we were in f- in store for in Vegas if which it was, is apparently
1: what Cody said like 90 percent of this was supposed to happen
0: would you have been upset going
1: maybe but obviously with if there was a crowd there, it would have made the environment in the matches a lot better. I find it hard to believe that Cody's saying that this was supposed to be the card, because you would think there would be, like, a tag-team match in there with the titles. Brody versus Moxley, I mean, I guess that's a good enough match. I The Stadium Stampede match, I just don't think that that would have happened. So you just have to kind of... I, I don't think that we're going to have the, you know, Inner Circle and whatever, you know, doing it at the Raider Stadium as the studio audience, so... Eloquently stated, but. Does a helicopter count for your plane? Is that a. Oh, it is a helicopter. Shout out. Can it take some, can it take some helicopters during Fortnite tonight?
0: Oh, hey, that's me driving a helicopter in Fortnite. Hey, it's funny. Good job, Brandon. You made me laugh. Good job.
1: So, let's jump into it as a gust of oh, when it blows everything down and I get Dr. Pepper on my laptop. Okay. No, it was empty coke. Better have been empty coke. Oh, empty ho. In the opening match we get, I don't even know what kind of Matt Hardy this was, Indy Hardy, with the Young Bucks taking on Janella and the Private Party. The Bucks of Youth and Hardy win. I think this was a better match than what the Private Party and Best Friends did in the pre-show. But what everybody is talking about is FTR making their debut, Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood and... Oh my God! Cash, Cash Wheeler. There you go. There we see. this is why we do the podcast. Okay, buddy. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, so obviously, everyone thinking that FTR was going to show up to AEW eventually. Maybe not this soon, but it happened. They stave off Butcher and the Blade from attacking the Bucks. They don't attack the Bucks. So as of this moment, kind of friendly, not really. Your thoughts? FTR. Exactly. Uh, how, how long do they uh, hold off until that match? Do you, My hope and dream is that they can hold this match off until they do, you know, have a match in front of crowds because this match in front of a crowd we'll could be, be amazing.
0: will be Liddy, like a motherfucking titty. Shout out Doug Cole. Doug Cole? Yeah. The third? The third. Shout out Doug Cole the third. So... But no, I, um, I'm surprised they didn't attack him. I was waiting
1: for it. Um... I kind of wanted a promo afterwards just to hear from them, but maybe that's what's going to happen next
0: week. Do you think they're going to be as salty as Brody Lee in, in their promos when they start cutting them?
1: No, I think they're just going to be a straightforward, maybe babyface team early on with some grit and then eventually turn on the Bucks. And maybe, just maybe be even the t- badass
0: tag team we need them to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe they even turn... On Kenny and Paige, and they get the championships before the Bucks, and they that can be their calling card. Be like, look, you say you're the best tag team in the world, but we got the title before you could even do it, and you guys had like a year head start.
0: Dude, do you book this shit or what?
1: Maybe I should.
0: A W hook up a job with my uh, my esteemed co-host over here.
1: We get Brian Cage in a squash match against Lee Johnson, the champ. John Moxley Dominic has a question, which I assume means Mr. X has a question. It
0: is. Very, Mr. X's question has to do with Brian Cage. Are you ready for it? Stay ready, so you don't got to get ready. Okay. How hard will AEW push Brian Cage now that he is the number one contender for the world title? How hard of a push does he get? This is a very light one. He is Brian Cage, a very strong guy.
1: Did win the the match. Brandon, give me your thoughts. I think it's going to be very similar to the Brody Lee situation. You come in, you give him a very hard push early, you push him to the title match, have Moxley beat him, have just another person to, you know, another person for Moxley to knock down. I mean, Cage, could he win the title? Maybe. Will he? Probably not. I think it's going to be very similar as Dominic stabs himself with the... How oh, will that hurt? <laughs> with the guarding tool. Good job. Mary, take it away. This, this is why Dominic shouldn't handle sharp objects. <laughs> But anyways, I really do think that Brian Cage is a good talent. I think he deserves this push. I think very similar to the MVP Lashley situation that Taz is just kind of that extra little layer that makes Brian Cage, you know, really good. Because he can talk, just like Lashley can talk, but it's not the best, I think, Taz, you know, that hard, intense energy that I've never really seen from Taz. I may have seen a little bit from TNA, but I really enjoy him. And I think he's going to come in, have the match. But then he's not going to fall too far off. I, we haven't seen what happens with Brody Lee yet. I don't think he's going to fall off too much, but I definitely think Brian Cage is always going to be kind of in that mix, especially since he's a bigger guy with AEW's smaller majority, smaller roster. Okay.
0: I think that's a decent decent uh, evaluation of the of the question.
1: Dominic, your thoughts on the outlook of Brian
0: Cage? I mean, I, I see Brian Cage uh, coming in, giving Jon Moxley a run for his money. Um, I do not think he'll, he'll be here for long. All right. I, I don't think he's a one-hitter. I don't think he is a mainstay. I think he'll be here for a small period of time just because of this whole corona thing, but I think once stuff gets moving, um, not to say he might not, he he might sign a long-term contract, but I personally do not want to see him as world champion right now, so... Not to say I won't want to see him later on, but right now, no, I don't want to see him as world champion.
1: We get the rules of being a role model by Britt Baker. She gives us a medical update on her. I mean, she kind of gives a medical update, not really. She rolls out a conspiracy theory about how all the women are against her, and Aubrey Edwards is at the center of it. Uh, the rumor on the street is that it's only a broken leg, a broken tibula, I think, or fibula. She hurt her leg. But she's she... fibbing. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> she shouldn't be gone for too long. Apparently, all out in September is the target date that she will be back by, which I think is a really good sign because we were kind of thinking that she just tore everything in her knee and she's going to be gone for a year.
0: Eh, let's be honest here. If she was gone for a year, would it be that big of a deal? I mean...
1: It would be a big deal. I think she's by far the best thing in the women's division. And that's really sad because she's not that great. Whoa. Whoa. Dominic, don't hate on Britt Baker. Sorry. Like, like that. Boyfriend, way better. Bebe. Then we get, uh, speaking of the women's division, Sheeta takes on Christy Janus. Probably should have got that name right because she's from Brazil, or at least she represents Brazil. Sheeta gets the win. Uh, don't exactly know what's going to happen with Sheeta going forward, but just kind of your overall thoughts of her being the champion, beating Nyla Rose.
0: I thought that match was very well, very well put together. Probably one of the better women's matches I've seen in AEW. Um. Are, what was the Where, where do I see Sheeta going, or what was this? It's the, kind of
1: the overall look of Sheeta being the women's champion with AEW.
0: I think it's a great fit, um, being that right now the only real heel in the women's division
1: is what uh, Nyla Rose, right? Because Britt's hurt. You got Penelope Ford, but she's also in the Nyla Rose camp, where it's like she's not that great of a wrestler. Exactly. So I
0: mean, it's. It's gonna probably be a lot of babyface v babyface, or it's gonna be just promo city. I mean, I, I mean, then this is where it comes back. If they would have picked up, um, parazo, it would have helped out a lot. But they kind of dropped the ball on it, and it kind of to me this is where it kind of feels like they don't really care much about it. Um, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, the women's division in AEW is just so small that they've kind of ran through all the matches, and, like, at this point, now that you have a babyface champion, you don't really know where to go with it because everyone who kind of is kind of fresh or has some sort of talent is a babyface, so it's like, how much can you really do with everybody? And they've only had, like, what, six kind of women that have kind of been seen on an everyday basis, and it's like...
0: Because what's, with Britt being hurt, then there was the... What's Osprey's girlfriend's name? B Priestley. B Priestley, she's not there. Well, she's uh, she you know she's on lockdown over in the UK. Exactly. Um, I mean Kong is. I Who knows what's going on there? Exactly.
1: Um, Brandy's a babyface manager now. Exactly. Um, Allie is hitting on QT Marshall for some reason, when her when her husband is right across the way. Allie's married. She's married to Butcher. Really. I didn't know that. The more you know, Dominic. Thank
0: you. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's kind of the blade. I I think it's butcher and the blade
1: with the bunny. The dude who's who's naked with the with the straps, the past couple weeks.
0: Anyways, anyways, but yeah, so I mean, you gotta, you know, women's division sucks because AEW does not take care of Vicky Guerrero for for AEW women's champion. Vicky Girl would probably make a great, uh, maybe director of the women's division or something like that. Maybe you know, uh, being able to bring people aboard, you know, kind of give them pointers. I think it would be a great fit for her.
1: Cody Rhodes cuts a promo after his win against Lance Archer for the TNT Championship. We finally get a Southwest flyover as Dominic uh, gives him the bird. Why yeah. you got you got heat with Southwest because they haven't given you a full refund? Is that why? Yeah, pretty much.
0: Actually, I did a credit, so...
1: Exactly, so you're going to keep that in the bank later on down the line that maybe we'll use for our uh, WrestleMania trip. Or... It definitely is going to happen, right? Or Vegas. Or Vegas, but WrestleMania takes place before Vegas. I take place before you. Well, maybe we go to Vegas before WrestleMania. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, so, Cody wrote his promo, basically saying he's going to have a challenge, open challenge, every single week for however long he's champion.
0: Okay, John Cena, calm down. Um, You know, I like the idea. I hope that, uh, you know, the first few times you have some, you know, just, you know, mid-carters or lower carters that you kind of like, okay, cool, haven't seen him in a while, or maybe like, okay, this would be a great match. But I I would like for them to maybe be able to sprinkle in some special appearances. It would be really cool. You know, if if it, you know, I know it's a lot of people in lockdown and whatnot, but You can do you the know, Jeff
1: Cobb thing where you bring him in for a week and then he yep. leaves.
0: If that you know, it'd be cool to bring maybe a little off-spray over, or maybe you know, like you, you can pull in some favors or some strings and see who you can get for a one-off kind of
1: appearance. It'd be really cool. It would be really cool. Who knows exactly what's gonna happen? But the first person challenge Cody Rhodes for that title will be Jungle Boy because he won the battle royal. Uh, you know, maybe teasing MJF doesn't get it done. Jungle Boy your winner, which I thought the match he had with MJF was probably the best match of the show at double or nothing. So Cody and jungle boy has a little Bayer connection. Both from wrestled here at APW, your thoughts. And, uh, obviously I think we both think Cody's going to win the match, but what do you think the match would look like? I mean, I, I think
0: it's going to be a well put together match. I think jungle boy will get a, I think it'll be a 50, 50 match, uh, with Cody definitely going over because let's be honest here. You can't drop the title that quick. And you're Cody Rose. Um, but um, I, I think it's gonna. people are going to be able to realize how much promise Jungle Boy has and how much upside he has. And do I think he'll be a world champion? World heavyweight champion? No, 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 no. But I can see him being that mid-card title holder. You know, I, I can see it happening.
1: Then, in the final segment, we had the Inner Circle Pep Rally because they got to bounce back after losing the Stadium Stampede. If you'd like, you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees and get a 50% off t-shirt with the... Uh, Inner Circle, first-ever winner, Stadium Stampede, which obviously didn't happen. Could have donated to the poor kids in Africa, but it is what it is. Uh, Then Mike Tyson shows up. They do the big old pull-apart brawl, very similar to the Stone Cold situation back in 1998. Dominic, what was your thoughts on the whole segment pep rally leading into the Mike Tyson pull-apart? I
0: thought it was all right. I mean, I'm not one to enjoy um, the nostalgias of... You know, them recreating things that WWE did a long time ago. Granted, it was still put together fairly well. Um, Tyson doing the post-match, I don't know if it was an interview or post-promo interview or whatever it was, but it was, you know, I'm going to come back and kick kick Chris Jericho's ass. I liked it. Short, sweet to the point. Um, I just don't want this to, you know go on for too long, if that makes any sense. Like, it should be a one-week, boom, done, get over it. Maybe cold in the... Okay. Maybe, you know, you have the the payoff at at the next pay-per-view, maybe with Jericho and Tyson, but, I mean, I don't want this to go on much longer already.
1: I did not like this one bit. I thought it was stupid. I thought that it was maybe... Pull in, you know, trying to do a callback too much with the Austin Tyson thing. Tyson, not the best actor in the world, I didn't think. He came across well. And then his goons, that clown with the white tee and the eye face paint on, whatever the fuck he was doing, I thought he looked like an idiot. The whole inner circle spiel at the beginning, I mean, it's entertaining. It's fun. But I think if you're going to try to pull in that casual sports fan who is open to watching wrestling, I think it would have been a lot better. I know it's kind of more emulating the Stone Cold thing, but I think if you had Moxley out there, and talking shit and, you know, being a tough guy to Mike Tyson, I think it would have worked so much better. Because when Chris Jericho's out there being an idiot, being funny, and kind of playing it all for laughs, I don't think it'd come across that well when you're trying to, you know, build up this big old heated feud with Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah, but I mean, how, I mean, but you can also go to next week and you can have Jericho just demolish somebody and prove that he's a badass and that he can fuck But he
1: hasn't like been a serious, yes, he might, like, kind of be serious, but for the most part he's always been... In his AEW run, that funny ha-ha heel. As he takes a big ol' Yonski, because yep. Dominic's tired. Dominic's tired now. Nope, I'll go drink a cup of
0: coffee. Anyways. um, I, Like I said, I'm, I don't want this to go on for long. I want this to be a one-two punch, and Tyson's gone.
1: Jericho did an interview with ESPN, and he said that they're obviously working on something with Jericho, but what he kind of made it seem like is... It's nothing's official yet. So maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe something will happen. Maybe something won't happen. Who exactly knows? We're just going to stay tuned and find out. I just
0: don't want this to turn into a Jericho Tyson boxing match.
1: He did throw that possibility out there. Mr. T and uh, Roddy Piper situation? I hope not. But at least Mike Tyson's a boxer, which I guess would mean he can better work a boxing match. Maybe I, I don't know. But let's quickly jump through NXT. We got Drake Maverick qualifying for the finals of the NXT Cruiserweight uh, tournament. He beats Kushida and Jake Atlas in a pretty fluky win. He pins Atlas while Atlas is tapping and Kushida was kind of pinning him because his legs were over Atlas, but then Kushida's arm or shoulders were up so technically he wasn't pinned too, but yet Maverick was the winner. It was all confusing. Hey, shows you dreams coming true. Maverick's still hunting. He cuts up. Well, he not exactly after the match, but a little bit later in the show, he uh, has an interview, and he was gonna maybe say that he was gonna give Kushida an opportunity to, you know, make everything right. But then Kushida was like, "No, you know, you go win the title." Maverick said, "Once I win, I'll give you the first chance." So, you know, I, I didn't like the, the finish. I thought it was stupid. It didn't make a lot of sense. But I think they did kind of right the wrong of acknowledging it and having Maverick, you know, fighting, and he's gonna win. And once he wins, he's gonna have Kushida be that first person to, to fight for him. Fight against him.
0: I mean, I think it would have been my opinion. I I, I respect that, but it would have been better if you know, Kushida went out there and said, eh, "No, you're gonna lose because you suck. I want a rematch right now for that last spot or something like." That's asking
1: a lot from Kushida because he only said a few words in English, and it it it, it was very hard to understand him. But he kind of got the message across. He kind of understood what he was saying. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna talk about this. It's okay, Dominic. Uh, then we get uh, Johnny Gargano in a squash match. We get Keith Lee and Mia Yim doing a mockery of the sit down dinner promos of uh, Laray and Gargano. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't really funny. We also get a guest appearance by Dominic's girl, Tegan Knox. We actually get two appearances by Tegan Knox on the show. Shout out to Tegan Knox. She was wearing the Latino Heat shirt, which is definitely a shirt I gotta go. Latino and Heat. heat. Latino heat. Love me some Eddie Guerrero. Uh, but, I mean, I thought it was kind of hokey, not really all that funny. But when they got serious, I think it did get good. Uh, we're setting up two individual matches instead of one mixed tag match. We're going to get Yim and Candace next week, so my girl facing your girl, and then Lee and Gargano facing off at In Your House in a couple weeks.
0: So the question I have, because Johnny and Candice are married, right? Correct. Why is she Candace Gargano?
1: She's an independent woman, Like mm-hmm. It's 2020, she doesn't have to have her man's name to make a name for herself, right? Exactly. No. Hey, she's supposed to hate you, not me. Well, you know, women's empowerment and stuff like that. That's what you say off the air. And now the studio audience has turned back on me. God damn it, I took it a step too far. There you go. Yay! Next. And that's all you got to say about that?
0: I mean, I want, to, I want these matches to happen, so... We'll talk next week.
1: Reina Gonzalez defeats Dominic's girl, Shotzi Blackheart. Sad, sad news. Shotzi almost kills herself doing a, uh, whatever, a trust fall. And she damn near lands on her head, back of her neck. It did not look very good. Shotzi seemed as though she was okay. Tegan Nox comes in to try to cancel out Dakota Kai. Then Candice LeRae comes out and makes a fuss. And then Shotzi gets a little distracted. Gonzalez gets the win. So it makes sense. Gonzalez isn't someone who has been getting a lot of wins lately. Shotzi, and you know, a pushed act gets some heat on Gonzalez and Kai, furthering a feud between Tegan and Candice. So Candice is just kind of in the middle of everything at this point.
0: You know, uh, I think Shotzi losing is a
1: little hurtful.
0: I, I think, uh, you know, Shotzi could be something, but Dominic, if Shotzi faces
1: Charlotte for the title,
0: what are you going to do with yourself? Uh, I'm going to watch the match and I'm going to shoot for Shot. Shoot for Shotzi. Root. Root for Shotzi. You're going to shoot your shot. For Shotzi? <laughs> I'm going to shoot my
1: shot for Shotzi. Say that seven times fast. Speaking of Charlotte, her and a mystery partner, which turned out to be Chelsea Green, defeats Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. Charlotte gets the leverage pin using the ropes on Io, setting up the triple threat match at In Your House. The match was alright. Uh, nothing really too big here. I mean, Green getting the spotlight, I guess, is a good sign for her. But it was just kind of a run-of-the-mill you know, champion gets a cheap win to build heat for the match later on down the line. I mean,
0: I was kind of surprised it was green. I feel like, um, you know, it would have been kind of cool to have, you know, Dana Brooke there, you know, kind of reminisce back to when Dana Brooke was on Charlotte's side. But I know Dana's baby face right now on SmackDown, so you can't have her, you know. But it would have been cool to have some heel, you know, from the main roster come down to NXT and kick some ass. It would have been cool. But I thought it was fine.
1: We get Adam Cole and William Regal on a Zoom call negotiating what's going to be going on. And Cole and Dream will have a title match set for TakeOver In Your House. I thought it was a fun back and forth between Cole and William Regal. With Regal not being there, I think this was a nice way to, you know, put him in the show. And Cole and Dream having the match, still despite all the speculation and rumor and innuendo with Dream, which I think has kind of cooled off a wee bit. Does that mean Dream loses? I still think Dream is going to lose. I just don't feel as though Dream is that right opponent. I, th- I still feel we need a Cole babyface run with the title.
0: Does that mean it's going to be a him separating himself from Undisputed Era? Or is it Undisputed turning on Cole? Or how how, how, do you get, how do you get Undisputed? Because in my opinion, they're a heel, but Perception is faced because they love them so much. They don't boo them; they cheer him. So is he a face or a heel?
1: Well, you can go... uh, I mean, obviously it's a heel right now, but I think you can go a bunch of different directions. I think the possible way to go is you could turn him in terms of, you know, not distancing himself, but the Undisputed Era turns on him. But they haven't been showing cracks like that just yet. I really would love to see uh, Bobby or Kyle O'Reilly kind of be the new lead of the Undisputed Era and then have... Cole get pushed out, or you can just turn Undisputed Era as a babyface tandem as a whole. I mean, they're kind of teasing this whole luchador people just beating up everybody with Phantasma possibly being the lead. Maybe they can be the new heel faction. Undisputed Era turns face, and they go up against the luchadors and something like that. Yeah, yeah. know, have to wait and see. Then we get uh, Tommaso Ciampa in a squash match. Smoke show or I guess just Charlotte, or not Charlotte. Scarlet. Scarlet. Scarlett has a new uh, Acid Wash t-shirt out on www.wshop.com. Are you allowed to buy one? I did see it. I don't think I want it. Okay. But she was just standing there, staring at Champa. Didn't do anything. Match is over. She walks away. We get Killer Cross, or Karrion Cross, cuts a promo, setting up their match for TakeOver. Decent. Decent. It was decent. But what wasn't decent was Timothy Thatcher taking on Matt Riddle in a cage fight. And I thought this was better than decent. I thought it was really good. You got yes, Kurt Angle yes. as the special guest referee, whatever you want to call it. It was, you know, no ropes. Uh, they had some sort of scaffold gimmick on top of the cage, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but I mean, you always get a WWE eyes. it. so, it's I fine. mean, I thought it really worked well. The fake blood with Thatcher in the mouth early on, which I was kind of hokey, but I kind of get with they coming out, Thatcher getting the win rumor speculating that Riddle has imminent call up on SmackDown. Having looked thus far, you know, maybe if you maybe I could check and possibly Matt Riddle is on Smackdown as we speak.
0: Let's Don, see. Well Let's Dominic,
1: see. why don't you talk about the match? What did you think of it?
0: Well I mean I thought it was a fairly good match. Um uh the I do agree with the fake blood kinda unnecessary. Um I like the fact that you kind of went off on their background. They, they're they playing off their backgrounds more than just, uh, you know, wrestling or being wrestlers or, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, then again, I think they could have done a f- great just regular steel cage match. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was done. It, it was done really well. Um, Thatcher getting the win. Because, supposedly, Riddle's on SmackDown today. Um, don't know for what, but, uh, but yeah. I thought it was really good. Did, he, did you find anything yet? Yeah, that's him, Mary.
1: Yes, it is him, Mary. That is he, him. Even though I can't see anything. It's, it's a bad picture of him. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. So, uh, anyways, I thought the match was really good. Uh, I mean, it does kind of suck that Riddle, if he does get called up, I'm scared that he's going to not be used properly. I'm kind of scared that he's going to be used too much as a comedy act, kind of similar to the Street Profits. I kind of wish he kind of had that main event NXT title reign push. I mean, Cole versus Riddle for the championship could have been a whole lot of fun. Never got there. Could be. Still getting there, but you just never know. Overall, I'm excited to see what they do with Thatcher because you could have just had Riddle win, get the call up, and then just have Thatcher just kind of fade away. And classify himself as obsolete.
0: But he, but they didn't. So, with that being said, Thatcher gets a big win. Where does that put him? Does that put him in a North American title realm? Does that put him in a world title realm? Like, where do you see him going from here?
1: Well, if he's a heel going forward, I think you can maybe hold out hopes that Pete Dunne can get across the pond and he can have a feud with him, which I think could be a lot of fun. Or possibly, once this uh, Lee and Gargano thing is over, maybe Lee takes on Thatcher for the title Maybe we get... If Dream loses, you can have Dream face off against Thatcher, which could be kind of a fun clash of styles. I think there's a bunch of different ways you can see Thatcher falling if this riddle thing is done. Okay. Good to see it. Well, that'll do it for us for today. Unless there's anything else that Dominic would like to... I'm not going to say what Dominic just did. Under the table, but you can use your imagination. and Goddamn.
0: But anyways. That is yeah, I have
1: no idea who that is, but, you know, shout out to uh, to the Instagram bodies. <laughs> but uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. Make sure to go to Curveballs and Share Shots on the YouTube, on the Twitterverse, on the Facebook. and Email
0: us at curveballncs at gmail.com. And you can get, you know, you might even get a jingle like Mr. X. You know, send us some some love, hate, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, you know, DM us, Facebook message us, Possible whatever
1: Possible return of the collab with Trapdoor to Hell. Talk business tomorrow. Talking tonight, actually. Oh, yes, we will talk business tonight and tomorrow. Just playing Fortnite. So possibly bonus podcast coming in the new future. But until next time, goodbye and goodnight. Uh, ooh, uh, bye-bye. <laughs>